0: And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquart.
1: Welcome to Talk Law Radio. It's your host, Todd Marquart. Marquart Law Firm is sponsoring our show today. Attorneys at Marquart Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. New businesses and old businesses which might have issues with Corporations, contracts, LLCs, FLPs, and we can represent those who are facing problems from lack of planning, including guardianships, probate, and our attorneys can help you with your litigation issues. Our other attorneys are Daniel Palmer and Alex Vollmer. Now it's time to discover your legal issue blind spots By listening to me talk about the law on the radio, the State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs attorney law licenses, and the State Bar wants attorneys to inform the public about the law. But because legal circumstances must be tailored to uh, each case and laws are ever-changing, material discussed in this program is meant for general informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note, individual situations can vary. Therefore, information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Before we get started talking about the law, let's begin with prayer. Dear God, Thank you for this day, and thank you for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us for our sins, our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing, failing to do your will. Please help Stephen, Oliver, and me give good information to the listeners about business valuation. Help us to use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. With me today is Stephen T. Oliver, Principal with Gethsemane Partners, LLC. Uh, Mr. Oliver is a a CPA, that's a Certified Public Accountant. He's also received a a designation Certified Valuation Analyst and Certified Fraud Examiner. He earned his business degree from UT Austin at the Red McCombs School of Business and his Master in Business Administration from Our Lady of the Lake University. Mr. Oliver, welcome to the show. Thank
0: you, Todd. It's my pleasure.
1: Great. I wanted to first ask um, what is Gessen partners LLC?
0: We are a full service strategic advisory firm, focusing our our efforts on working with small to mid-sized business owners, grow their business from both a financial and an influence leadership perspective in our community and position them for legacy purposes. That might be an exit to a third party, an exit to family, to an ESOP, or to an equity partner. Either way, it's a, it's a process of growth to exit from a strategic perspective that leads to a legacy perspective.
1: Okay, so when you say exit, you mean selling the business or transferring the business?
0: In most cases, yes. In some some cases, maybe an exit as a leader of, of your firm, you still hold ownership, but then you transition the leadership responsibilities to someone and maintain the ownership. Oh, okay. So it could go both ways.
1: Right. Um, but you help the business get there. Yes. Even if they're not there already.
0: Yeah, the, the, the key point is something what I call transition readiness. Am I ready to go to the, to the next level in my process of life, so to speak? Mm-hmm. So from a business perspective, that might look like, you know, I've, I've gotten started well. i am gone from the red to the black. I may, might be looking for my first financing arrangement to grow my business. All the way to the end, uh, I've had a very challenging event that took place in my life, disability, death, a departure of some, some kind, mm-hmm. and I have to make a change, and I have to make a change fairly immediate. Uh, so it could go from beginning to end in that kind of context, but hopefully we grab you somewhere in between those kind of, mm-hmm. si- kind of p- places and get you ready for what might lie ahead.
1: How did you get interested in this industry?
0: Many, many ways. I, I believe it just came down to God's calling on my life. I can remember when I was a young middle schooler and I was in one of my classes, one of our teachers challenged us to write a paper on what we would like to do when we get older. Mm -hmm. Of course, I was wanting to follow my father's footsteps and be a military officer. And he had a passion for planes and he cared so much for people. So, of course, a pilot was kind of at the top of my list. But at the same time, I was discovering how much I enjoyed the stars and God's creation, especially the weather and the storms that come about from His creation. In addition, I um, had a passion for the heart, for the for the physical body, but not just the physical heart, but also the spiritual heart. Mm-hmm. So these those three: pilot, physician, and then looking at the—I uh, guess you could call it being a scientist of sorts. Maybe just a great physician, great. You know, kind of concept got, grabbed a hold of me, and then it just kind of as I as I got to know a little bit more about who I was and how it was designed by God. I had a had a gift for numbers, and it just kind of came together, and and accounting uh, lit me up, and with my faith, and then here here we are, about forty years later, yeah, doing what God asked me to do.
1: That's awesome that that you found your passion and your vocation were one and the same.
0: Absolutely, nice. you know. And in, interesting that vision that God gave me at eleven years old. Or so, uh, I, I've, I've been blessed to be able to do all of those things, just in just in His way, as how, how I believe He's designed it for me to accomplish, as opposed to my way and what I would have thought at as eleven year old, or even as a fifty three year old person today.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's well, really not everybody has that that uh, that bliss that they get from knowing their purpose and serving it. I wanted to ask, too, um, I, I, I read the Bible sometimes, and I'm no scholar. I've heard of Gethsemane, uh, but what really does it mean, and why is it significant to you?
0: Well, thank you for asking, Ty. That means a lot to me that you would ask. Gethsemane Partners uh, originated—the word Gethsemane is in the Bible, and it's it's a famous garden that actually still exists today, so if you can imagine this garden uh, was one of— our lord and savior jesus' favorite places to visit and spend time with with our father mm-hmm. and with others and it's located right outside the western wall in jerusalem today gethsemane means oil press or the pressing in of the olive oil mm-hmm. and so what from when i looked when i went to think about a name for my practice as god called me to Venture out on my own and send me out into the world, so to speak, about 12 years ago or so. I wanted a name that would glorify Jesus and then communicate what he was calling me to do, which was guiding people to in, envision their future and to focus their efforts on achieving that future with the Lord's help. And Gethsemane, just, it was so, and, and my, my last name is Oliver, so I, and putting it all together and trying to reconcile with being a CPA. Mm -hmm. And you're supposed to have your name in your firm as a CPA. Gethsemane just became the most natural fit to where I could give glory to God first in in the name of my firm. And then as he chose to to honor my name in the process of doing my work.
1: That's really neat that you found a word that that sort of typifies what you are all about.
0: It's a blessing and an honor, but also it comes with a lot of responsibility. Because you know that that the Garden of Gethsemane is known, biblically speaking, as the place where Jesus suffered right before he, he went to the cross of Calvary. However, as you re, as you study the Gospels and read about the Gospels, oftentimes our Lord would take moments away from the busyness of His work to get alone with the Lord, mm-hmm. our Father, and the Holy Spirit. And he gardens were one of his favorite places to to do that in. And so when he was, he spent a lot of time in, in Jerusalem. And we, I believe he spent many, many times uh, at the Garden of Gethsemane because it was right there, you know, a stone throw from where he was, from the temple of God. And so for me, I, I try to create that kind of same experience being in a garden. And there's so much about a garden. <laughs> we could probably talk about our, a whole show around a garden, yeah. but the point is, is in my work with with my clients and with our community. Um, I I look to apply, I like to create peace in that work, and so a garden is a is a favorite spot for me to to find peace.
1: Well, that would be really awesome for somebody who's uh, looking for some accounting help to find peace. Right. I mean, can
0: you imagine when you're when you're looking for accounting help? As you know, Todd, from a law legal perspective, it's typically. Uh, Lot, you're, you're coming when, you're, when the things are burning up around you. Yeah, they're in distress <laughs> in
1: a distress lot of times. In distress a lot of
0: times. So, you know, f- starting off with taking a deep breath and getting away from the environment that you're coming from into an environment that can give you some peace. And, and then from that peace about your circumstance, enter into a place of joy. Uh, you know, and then go f- and start talking about as we as we discover what the what the solution might be to your need that you came in for we we start to look towards taking taking uh looking forward to what 's that when do we want to get that solution accomplished that hopes that provides mm-hmm. some hope so I look to peace to start with peace get into some joy and that'll that'll lead to some hope
1: wow I bet you're the only. Uh, CPA out there that <laughs> wants to bring people joy. Most of the time, it's just, uh, can you file this return for me because it's uh, required by the government. <laughs> well, you know,
0: that, thank you for saying that. But you know, I, I've, I've come to, as I've worked with many CPAs over the years, I, I believe many have the the desire for that. And unfortunately, I'm that that kind of work, as you pointed out, the tax side of our our work, oftentimes is isn't. Is is about getting things done yesterday, and we're, mm-hmm. we're working through a process, and it's not fun for anybody. Right. So, to, so it takes a certain type of person to, to guide someone through that. I've been, I, I, while I, I do some tax work on a case by case basis, but the most of my practice is, is that advisory piece. So I have so time isn't as stressful. Right. It's, except when you when you file valuations for estate purposes or for the government, then we get back into that.
2: You've heard him on Talk Law Radio. Now work with his firm yourself. Marquardt Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trusts, and powers of attorney. Want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die instead of leaving it up to a judge? Then you need a proper estate plan in place, and Marquardt Law Firm can help you do just that. It can also develop a strategy for your long-term care financing and help maneuver the complicated Medicaid process for your family. Call them today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. Call 210-530-4278. Again, that's 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquart Law Firm. com.
1: Yeah, before before we get to valuation specifically, I, I wanted the audience to get to know you a little bit better by uh, you telling us a little bit about your family.
0: Well, thank you, Todd. I... Family is what it's all about. And in fact, I have several values at Gethsemane Partners. It starts with faith and then family, fun, and that together those three creates freedom, freedom to be who you are. And so I'm blessed. I've been married for almost 23 years to a beautiful young lady, Roseanne Oliver. We're both native San Antonians. We grew up here. We met in our mid mid to late 20s and got married right after that. And as, as we courted, we, we, we fell in love with each other because of Christ. We both had a faith that we brought into our relationship. And I'll tell you, that's the difference maker. And, the, you know, Jesus first and each other second. And then we, we learned to love each other in that way. That, and that's joy, mm-hmm. Jesus, others, and yourself. There's the joy that God taught Roseanne and I as we courted each other. And, and we've been married now, as I said, for almost 23 years. We have two daughters a, a, t- a beautiful teenage daughter Sophia, and a, and a and a daughter we adopted about eight years ago, Sarah, and she's ten years old, and we're just so blessed. And of course, I have my family's extending now with uh, caring for my wife's in laws who mm-hmm. live with us, and also other nieces and friends from the church.
1: Oh, good! It's nice to have a support system like that through the church. Okay, before we get to valuation, still I, I'm building up to that. Um, I wanted to know more about the things that you do day to day at Gethsemane Partners uh, because you sort of have different programs for different businesses in, in their cycle of business. And uh, let's start with um, h- how does all this relate to COVID? How can you help a business? Um, when it comes to COVID.
0: Well, before I get started in, in the business side of my, my work day, I, I spend some time with my family and in my faith. So I, it's so important to me to spend at least 15 minutes. And in most days, it's 30 to minutes to an hour of my day in the beginning of the day, uh, spending time with the Lord, hearing from him, praying with him, meditating on his word. From that perspective, it gives me clarity as to how to walk out my day. So I'm, I'm, I'm at that point, I'm abiding with with our Lord. And then from there, uh, I spend some time on my physical self uh, as, as much as I possibly can either walking the dogs because I've been blessed since COVID and relaunching my practice this year to work out of my house. Mm-hmm. So it's given me some more time to be able to do other things besides just get, you know, punching in the clock at 730 and leaving at six o'clock every day mm-hmm. on somebody else's dime. So that those are those things that that. Takes a couple, three hours of my time from about six o'clock to nine o'clock in the morning. So I ease into my my work day around nine o'clock in the morning most days. And then with regard to, so that, so that, those things came about as a result of COVID. Mm -hmm. If you had asked me that same question a year ago, I would have had a, a little bit of a different answer, more in the lines of the, I've got to get out, get to work by seven thirty eight o'clock, and I had a commitment there and as available to my clients to about six o'clock in the, you in the evening. You were working for a bit. I was working for a very large, and we can talk about that in a sec, in a little bit. Um, but um, in in the context of COVID, you know, my the the calls that I've been receiving really has helped me maintain where we were, and help us get to where we want to get, you mm-hmm. know, where we want to go. So as a as a fractional CFO. I've really just I've really just focused as as the needs arise. My calls have been around valuation for gift and estate um, exit services around you know let's let's get the let's get a deal done or look to, look to sell, mm-hmm. and then also come in and just make sure that my my books are in order and I'm still I'm still tracking. I I have not been involved in like a lot of CPAs have on the tax aspects of that of what's happened with COVID and there's a lot of lot of things going on right now around that a lot of tax planning going on and as in addition to the to the obviously, obviously the PPP loan process right so i've I, I haven't had that that hasn't impacted my practice but what has impacted my practice is is clients are are coming to me saying help gu- help guide me from this new thing that's happened to my business and let's reposition and look for opportunities and so that's what i'm beginning to do a lot more of and hopefully we'll continue to do that into 21
1: Okay, so if you're listening out there and your business has uh, suffered because of the COVID pandemic and the economic slowdown, uh, call Stephen Oliver at Gethsemane Partners. Uh, What's your website address?
0: It's www.g-ptrs.com.
1: Okay, that's easy to remember. g-ptrs.com. All right. In addition to the uh, recovering your business uh, from the effects of COVID, you have uh, strategic advisory services. What is that? What do you mean by that?
0: That's a great question, Todd. Certainly, I, I have a summary of what that might look like if you visit my website, but I think to summarize it, it's, it it's, I break down my advisory services into three parts. One is looking forward. Mm-hmm. That's the stri- that's the planning aspects of things. Mm-hmm. Where am I today? Where do I want to get to t- tomorrow, and how do I get there? There's a financial component to my practice, to my strategic practice. Looking at now that I know where I want to go and how I want to get there, what type of financial resources do I need to do that? Mm-hmm. So that's the financial piece, and that's where valuation valuation actually fits into both of those, depending on where we are in, right. in the service in which service you're. You're focusing on the last piece is the piece that gets real fun and exciting. That's the actual what I call the transaction side of my practice. And that's the let's roll up our sleeves and get dirty and get you ready for a, for, for growth or, or as I've said earlier, an exit or, or a sale of your business. Mm-hmm. So we get so I get involved in, again, the growth piece, the strategic piece. To, I, I, I like the, to walk you through the planning, financial and transaction. But frankly, it's. When I get a call, it's, here's, what I, here's, here's my need. Can you help me? Right. And you just kind of pivot to which one the need fits into.
1: Right. Okay. I also saw on your website something called uh, automate your business planning.
0: Yes. How does that work? Well, there's two ways to look at it. One is the good old-fashioned way, and that is taking something that's written on a piece of paper and create a, and create a planning process and use technology to hold you accountable. OK, that's the other piece is the, is the is the more I call that the micro piece of planning. The macro piece of planning is vision, mission
3: mm-hmm. and
0: purpose. And that could be for your business. That can be for your family. That can be for yourself personally. So in the context of getting to know each other in our first meeting or two, we we determine where the automation should take place. Is it? automating just strictly from a business perspective, or do we go deeper Mm -hmm. and look at it from a personal family or community perspective?
1: Okay, good. You help people with their financial goals and and their business strategy. We talked about um, the executing transaction objectives. Um, Now I want to talk about what it means to be CFO. Uh, You said Fractional, uh, and so I was thinking, part time, full time, what's the difference? That's a
0: great question, Todd, and thanks for listening. That word fractional is a is a business term for part time CFO uh, in a contracted kind of relationship with a very specific defined purpose. Uh, CFOs, uh, for for those that may not. Be uh, who may not operate businesses as a chief financial officer of a, could be at a, for a small business all the way up to your Fortune 100 and beyond companies, and that person's primary role is to be a is to steward the financial assets of an organization. So there's so much that goes into that, and again we could we could talk a whole talk show around what a CFO does, but specifically what I do for my clients is come in. And focus my efforts on the what I call the financial aspects of being a CFO: the strategy, the fundraising, and the transaction, the the, the growth and exit. So mm-hmm. there's there's also what we call the accounting side or the day-to-day operational side of a, of the responsibility of a CFO. The CFO oversees the the, the the financial records of an organization and all the all the processes, the billing. The payables, the receivables, those kinds of things, the cash, right? So it's, they, so there's a there's the accounting piece, and then there's the financial piece. I focus my my CFO practice on a part-time basis on the financial side of of what a typical CFO does.
1: And what types of companies or what level of business uh, revenue would expect to need the services like you provide?
0: Well, what's interesting is. I can tailor my service to meet that need from a startup business okay. all the way to a Fortune 100 business. I have experience doing many of those things I've just described for all levels of, of business. So zero revenue all the way to $10, $20 billion in revenue and beyond. Now, having said that, my sweet spot typically is someone that is in that that. They've built their business successfully to that ten to thirty million range, mm-hmm. so we call that the lower middle market or the base of the lower middle market, and are ready to move to the next next level. So that's my sweet spot, uh, and so and then typically a full time CFO would get would get involved possibly at that level, but tip, when they get to that next level, then at that point you'd be big enough to need a full time CFO mm-hmm. to, to handle the kinds of things that that. Uh, I'm working with my clients on guiding them to get to that next level. So whatever that looks like is really different depending on the industry and depending on you Mm -hmm. and your talents as as a business owner.
1: Okay. And so if you get somebody to that next level, uh, do you help them find uh, a full-time CFO?
0: You know, it's it's interesting. Um, The short answer is it depends. It depends on... The um, the readiness of the CEO and their family, typically, because I work mostly with family businesses. And that
1: could be a long process. Very
0: much so. So there may be talent within. I, I typically look there first, because I, in my role, I lean on the talent of the team that my client has. Mm-hmm. So I'm always looking for ways to develop people. That's uh, something that's very important to me. And so... You know, knowledge transfer to to coaching and and counseling are parts of my practice, parts of my personality that that I weave. I don't. I don't. They're not services as per, per se. They're just part of who I am and how I weave that into what I do. But I'm always looking. So I look for internal talent. Help. You know, maybe develop someone. Having said that, um, but sometimes it, it works. It works to my disadvantage too because. In, in that context of developing that talent which is the right thing to do I believe I work my way out of a role so. right but that's exactly what I want to accomplish because where I want to go with that relationship is more now that you're ready to really grow now let's have some fun And by that point hopefully we're family in our relationship or and in, in more than just an accountant or or strategic advisor, but, you know, but we're brothers, we're brothers or we're brother and sister mm-hmm. working together to, to do something special to impact San Antonio and beyond. That's my that's what excites me about the work I get to do now is it's taken a long time to, uh, to just even art to articulate that to you today, Todd, is is taken me many, many years to under, you know, of experience in the School of Hard Knocks to understand, you know, that's that. How do I say this? It's it's a, it's a dream of mine to be able to to be able to work with people to do those kinds of things. Reality is stuff happens. Look what's happened this year to all of us. Right. So, you've got to deal with reality too.
1: Mhm. Okay, so part of what you do is uh helping businesses and business owners with uh valuations. What types of valuations are there? There's
0: Basically three, it gets down to three types of business valuations. Something I call indication of value. The second level, which is if, and I'm going to use accounting terms here, similar to like a compilation of your financial statements, which is just a re, recategorizing, recategorizing of your financial statements that you've kept uh, according to generally accepted accounting principles. That's called a call to compilation. So we have an indication of value very similar to that. Third, the second type of evaluation is called a calculation of value, similar to a, a review of, of, of your accounting records. And that review has some procedures, some interviews, some adjustments you make to your books to come into alignment with generally accepted accounting principles. And, and that review is the calculation of value would be used typically for planning purposes and for transaction purposes. The indication of value. I use that for strategic purposes. That's the what am I worth today? Give me the give me a simple, you know, uh, simple so, simple number or range of value, and that typically takes you know four to eight hours of work of my time to get there. The calculation of value is a little bit more extensive, and then obviously the more formal one that you're, you're familiar with, Todd, as a as an, a as a state attorney mm-hmm. is called a conclusion of value, and that's with discounts used primarily for third party events like. Estate planning, gifting of int- business interest, and also for other you know legal issues that come up as you, you have in your practice around business issues and disputes with business right. owners.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, what makes uh, the valuation so valuable?
0: You know, that's a great question. That, as I think about it, it's it's not, you might be surprised when I answer. It's not the number; it's the process. If you do it. Well, then, an owner comes away with more than just here's what I understand my worth to be today. But you know, without getting into the into the specifics of how we do business valuation, the opinion of value that that we determine is based on what a reasonable buyer and a reasonable seller, and you know, disinterested for lack of better words, would would come to agreement with arm's length. Arm's length. Thank right. you. So when you have that concept, how do you apply it? Um, you you we, with this end of, with an independent, objective mind, as we are trained and we become as CPAs, then we we just look. You know, we part of part of the process is, you know, the value is determined by what I'm going to do, not what I've done or where I am today. So that going to place is where the real uh, that is, is a process, and as we go through the valuation. Uh, specific techniques, and so forth. There's one specifically that really many of us as professional evaluators rely upon for our opinion of value is called a discounted cash flow, which is looking mm-hmm. forward in time and then discounting your your revenue or your, your income stream back to the present. And that's where, the, in that process, I find so much value that comes out of it to, to help my clients think about things beyond. How they, how, how they think about their business today. Have
1: you ever had a, a business owner who wanted a valuation and uh, through your process uh, found some things that could be made better and then decided, well, hey, maybe I don't want to sell. Maybe if I make these things better, uh, I'll enjoy working here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, the short answer to that is yes. And, in fact, I'm working with one client right now, doing exactly what you just described and we're we're, we're doing a valuation as required by their buy sell to value the minority shares in, in anticipation of a transaction event next year but in the process but I've, this is my third valuation with a client my first valuation was help me bring peace to the board and to the mm-hmm. ownership group check that one off second valuation in 2017 led to now I want to grow. I like you know that was actually for a family issue to buy out uh, the primary owner 's mm-hmm. wife. They were getting a divorce, so I remember I mentioned that earlier that yeah. those kinds of things happened, so we had to apply the methodology so out of that, once we took care of that transaction was the the, the, the family group then came back together and said now let's I think we 're ready to grow because because our primary guy has got is now ready and focused to do that. So out of that we we in, I entered into an engagement to do transition planning and we developed a roadmap on how to grow the business from and, and I'm gonna be give you rough numbers, yeah. twenty five million to seventy five million over a five year period. That was the vision. It was called Vision Twenty Twenty Five. Sounds pretty ambitious. It was pretty ambitious, but it was doable with the right team, with the right talent, and with the and with the steps that we we had proposed to take. Then COVID hit. And at that that roadmap that we were working on
3: <laughs> that, was put was, yeah. was, was
0: put on the shelf, and the vision's still intact. But we have to deal with 2020. Right. So I'm now on the, I'm now doing a third valuation, and we're hoping to once we get through some of some of the process regarding that, then we'll re, re, revisit that roadmap. So yes, the short answer is yes. And so he instead of and he he came to me originally saying I'm done with his business. I really just want to get out of it and cash mm-hmm. in my chips, and we work through it to say, Listen, you've got so much more potential here let's work work through that and and create a legacy for your the next generation that's coming up behind you yeah, and you got excited about that
1: and w- once a third party shows you those uh aspects of your business that are dragging down the value and and you could probably anticipate and and Say, well, if you fix these things, then maybe the value will be absolutely x times two.
0: Absolutely, and you you know that from your working with some of your clients, I'm sure, and from an estate planning perspective, you know, in one one of the one of the uh, interesting questions I always ask is, what do you think your company's worth?
1: Well, you know what people think that their house is worth, what their car is worth. Uh, they're they're putting some. Emotional uh, value to that—that's not readily seen by a buyer. <laughs> exactly,
0: and oftentimes, you know, I—I I had a—it's—it's your—you—you you have a picture of your business as a mansion on a hilltop, mm-hmm. but it may very well be a a, a great looking, you know, three thousand square foot, four bedroom, two bath right. home in in Stone Oak, mm-hmm. you know, San Antonio, Texas. So. It's that perspective that we bring as valuators in to help level set that's always interesting. I use that word purposely because some – my experience is very few understand the real value of their business. And not, just, not just what the numbers tell you, but there's so much more to it.
1: Well, they're just thinking of all the blood, sweat, and tears Absolutely. they put into that's it. Absolutely. That's right.
0: That's right. And, and so as we get into that – That the process, you know, inevitably one or two of the questions relates to where are you taking your business? What are your plans for the future?
1: I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of the clients that I've helped um, have been succession type planning uh, within families, Um, just passing the baton from one generation to the next. There's lots of baby boomers with businesses right now. And uh, they're retiring either because they're sick or because they want to enjoy their grandkids. Yes. You see a lot of that as well?
0: Absolutely. And, and succession planning is something that needs to start when you have that first thought as a business owner. Mm-hmm. Not, not the last thought or the 15th thought. But, you know, I shared earlier as I, as, in my role as a part-time CFO, I'm, I'm looking to develop talent. That's a big part of my, my work. And so, as a, as a business owner, it's all about, you know, you're always as as successful as as, as they say that your weakest link, so to speak. Right. So, looking to develop your people and your and and family without getting into family, adds some emotional and right and mental complexity to the process of yeah, developing there's, people. Uh,
1: some competition, some rivalry, sometimes.
0: Absolutely. And so, again, I, we, and I'm sure you have too, Todd, as you step in as an attorney, I step in as a as a CPA and and bring, you know, I bring the financial aspect to it and, I'm, and you bring the legal aspect to mm-hmm. it. And when we come together, work together to help them understand what truth really is and what fairness is and what equity, equity equitable transition might look like. Um, and obviously with sweat equity, there's there's. Typically, in most cases, one or two family members that are in the business, working in the business. Yeah. And there's others that are shareholders or have tried the business, but they're not part of the business. So working through those things legally and financially is, is an important part of our both of our practices, I right. would, sus- I would right. suspect. So.
1: so since we've been talking about the legacy aspect of transitions, um, I, I'd like to ask you about your legacy. What... Um, how would you like to be remembered, you know, and is there a, a special family heirloom that you're going to enjoy passing along?
0: My, I, I, I want i want to be remembered as someone that loves, loves our Lord and that served Him faithfully. Mm-hmm. And that through my work and through my, who I am, others come to know who He is. So the heirloom uh, is, in a sense, you would call it, a crown, a crown of hope, a crown of joy, and a crown of peace that I'm creating for my family right now. That'll be my heirloom to give to mm-hmm. my daughters and their, their husbands and to many others, I hope, in the, in the future. But it's, it, for me, my legacy is His legacy, our Lord and Savior Jesus.
1: Amen. And you help others uh, with that same legacy uh, you were you were telling me about uh, a legacy program that you were going to start developing. My
0: in my relaunch of my practice in May of this year, which by the way, I, I thank the Lord every day for. Yeah, he 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 called me to side, and I took about three years ago. I was uh, just to give you a little bit more background about myself. I I was I launched Gethsemane Partners, as we've talked about today, originally in 2009. And it was primarily, it was a business at first and became my ministry.
2: You've heard him on Talk Law Radio. Now work with his firm yourself. Our Court Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trusts, and powers of attorney. Want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die instead of leaving it up to a judge? Then you need a proper estate plan in place. Marquardt Law Firm can help you do just that. They can also develop a strategy for your long-term care financing and help maneuver the complicated Medicaid process for your family. Call them today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. Call 210-530-4278. Again, that's 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm. MarquardtLawFirm.com.
0: In about 2014, the Lord pulled me aside one day, and I do my own individual planning, just like Jesus. I kind of get away and listen to the Lord, and talk, and pray, and meditate. And in that, and con- those conversations, He said, "You know, son, uh, you're doing well, but you're—I have some things, I, some refining I want to do, and I want to put you in, in, in under some uh, some trials and tribulations to." Now he didn't say it in that context, but it was just the refining part which felt like some trials and tribulations mm-hmm. over the last seven years. But in that, so I, I proceeded to take the business part of my practice and and merge it into an incredible accounting firm here in San Antonio, Pageant Stratum and Company, and joined okay. forces with some friends over there in January 2015, led by John Wright, Bill Demick, and and Leo Munoz. From there, we we uh, they they eventually pageant eventually the partnership eventually sold their practice to RSM in 2016. So I got the benefit to get back at what I call into the big leagues again, from middle market to the to the big leagues. And in that process, the Lord uh, touched my heart about three years ago and said, "Well done. Now I'm going to show you what I'd like you to do for the rest of your life." And He gave me this vision in Chicago, and He called it strategic exit. And from there, I spent three years working with an incredible team at RSM. In addition to doing forensic work, litigation work, and valuation work, I, I, I got I sharpened my saw in a, in a process. This is which I want now am going to call Legacy 16 for mm-hmm. with with Gethsemane Partners. Uh, it was a transition planning process that RSM developed to guide business owners from getting them ready to post exit. So I got a chance to do some. Uh, work in that area for three years part time while I was doing my other other part time work with r s m and in may of this year made the decision that i would uh i felt led and called by the lord to to relaunch my practice on my own that's what i've done
1: and what's the significance of the sixteen?
0: Thank you that's a good question. The focus of the process is three three things one from a business perspective, what does my end game look like? What does my legacy for my business look like? And where, how do I get there? Then there's the personal side of it. And then there's the eternal side of it. So the 16 are 16 specific Bible verses in the book of Proverbs that the Lord's laid on my heart. Uh, my most favorite is Proverbs 16:9, and it's And it's the cornerstone verse of part of my practice. And that is, we make our plans. That's an important. We have a role in in fulfilling our eternal destiny, but then God orders the steps. And then one of my other favorite verses is, "We we our our plans succeed with many advisor, advisors like Todd and I, mm-hmm. who come around each of our clients and work with them to bring perspective that the Lord works through each of us to guide you to your to fulfill your purpose in your business." And then, obviously, my, in my within the process, I'm developing beyond what happens after you finish your work in your business. Think about it from Jesus' perspective. He spent 30 years of his life preparing for three years of ministry, and, and he spent 90 percent of his life on Earth, so to speak. If and I'm going to use 33, is mm-hmm. the most common number that he lived to to prepare. And what did he do? He he worked. He wasn't working in the synagogues as a high priest, right? He worked as a carpenter right alongside his dad as the oldest of seven children. People, you know, he was the oldest of seven children adopted by Joseph. Mm -hmm. But Joseph and Mary had at least six others that we know of. And he led his family. And we don't know when Joseph passed away, but I'm sure he apprenticed. He was he apprenticed under Joseph as a carpenter that helped him prepare for his role as Messiah and king. So that that idea of. Of ministry in the marketplace, or business—you know, business becoming your ministry. There's a there's a great group here, based out of San Antonio, called the C12 Group. That for those that are interested in growing their business and creating a ministry as part of their business, like I've done with Gethsemane Partners, this organization can help you do that. But the most important thing is when you think about it, is we have seasons that God calls us to do work for Him, Mm -hmm. and each of those seasons builds on each other. And look at our Lord Jesus today. From, from the work that he did here on earth, we're all we're all, as we, as we, we've entered this Christmas time, one of the things we celebrate in our home is Advent, and that that advent is about preparation and about looking forward to the, the time you know of being being ready in the time when our Lord, as he shared with us before he ascended to the throne again, uh, that he would re- return one day to a stat to complete his kingdom here on earth and rule and reign from Jerusalem in addition to what he's doing today in heaven so that advent season and christmas helps my family prepare for that and uh and what's so incredible about advent is it gives us a chance to reflect think about our lord and and about the person of our lord as our peacemaker our joyful joyful lord who who loves us who offers us hope and a future and so um, that's my legacy 16 process in a nutshell, taking those 16 key verses and applying them, taking you through step by step through a process that I'm developing right now, Todd, uh, to guide you from where you are today to your eternal destiny.
1: Awesome. You mentioned family and, and you mentioned one organization, C12, which uh, you're a part of. Uh, I was just going to ask you about organizations Um, that you were participating in around town and so you already mentioned C12 Uh, how else are you involved
0: well my current relationship with C12 is more as a friend than as a member I was a member of C12 when I launched my practice my first time and they really helped me that's why I was able to talk about it they helped me to discover the ministry part of my business Mm -hmm. back in 2011 but now I but today currently I serve in worship as a as a lay leader at Community Bible Church here in San Antonio, Texas. Have been a, a member of CBC since about 2006 in many different roles. But what I'm most what, what what's been a blessing to me is the the privilege to serve, the privilege to disciple, and the privilege to to lead by his example. And so God has called me to a, uh, to start a class. My, a friend of mine and I started a class through CBC about three years ago, and uh, we've, we've we've the class has grown as the Lord is, as the Lord provides. But we spent two years teaching about the life of Christ and walking through the Gospels from Matthew one one to John through John twenty, and what an incredible experience! And now we're 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 building upon that about His story. And now we're teaching and working with each other on how to disciple each other and share his story as part of our story. In addition to the, to the Community Bible, I also am currently involved with the, something called the Association for Corporate Growth. And that's a very business focused organization around bringing deal makers and finance minds and attorneys together that serve business owners in helping you grow and exit your business. And the other organization I'm a part of right now. Uh, primarily is an is similar similar type of organization is called the Exit Planning Institute, EPI. Um, some great guys in our community founded that group, Tom Jordan and John Denny, and um, they have uh, and they're exit uh, employment compensation experts in our community, mm-hmm. and they help help business owners in that in that tail end, you know, making sure that their their compensation. Their, their, their value, as we've talked about today, and also the, pro, you know, the processes. But this organization in, um, gives you skills. And again, it's a collaborative organization of prof- uh, professionals that come together to counsel business owners through the exit process. So those are, the, excuse me, the three primary organizations I'm a part of today. And hopefully when we get past COVID, I'll get back plugged into some more of the community things I was doing prior to COVID.
1: Yeah, it's been a real... Challenge to uh, see people and be with people because of the need to wear masks and be socially distant.
0: Absolutely. And so, you know, one thing I think we've all discovered is, you know, technology is incredible and it's really a blessing from our smartphones to our computers. But I think in 2020, Zoom has been, you know, for me, it's been a a blessing to to at least bridge the gap because of COVID between the, the separation physically, but then you can still see each other and get business done you know face to th- face through through technology and computers so thank you zoom you know we we appreciate you um but you know i want to give the glory to jesus you know because he knows where we are today and where we're going tomorrow and wow this journey this year you know un- unlike many people you know since and i'm being very sincere when i say this 2020 i'll never forget not because of covid but because of jesus and his his love for all of us throughout the world and his desire to say i'm here i mean look at the miracle we're experiencing this week you know with the, with the vaccines uh, coming you know va- things that takes 10 years typically plus for right. for a vaccine to go through a process we're talking Well i've
1: been praying for the lord to heal our our land
0: our land absolutely and so you know, let's, let's, you know, come together and work together. And, and I encourage each, it's an individual choice, but, you know, I applaud this community of San Antonio. I applaud the world, you know, and, you know, watching us all come together, you know, uh, and make, cra- many of it, all of us have been impacted, but crazy changes. But then it's an opportunity for us as believers to, to shine light on the truth and to bring Jesus and I'm, I'm proud of my church. We've done so many cool things this year. But what I'm most proud of is, are the people, the, the willingness to roll up our sleeves. And, we, we, you know, we're, you, you've heard it many times. We're in it together. And we really are. So let's, you know, let's, let's have hope as we go into 21. Not, not push 20 aside and never want it to happen again kind of thing. But look at 2020 as, a, as an opportunity for a reset. And as we enter into 21, let's celebrate Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and whatever, you know, whatever you believe, you know, with family, you know, listen to our government and it, you know, follow their counsel, care for your family and each other, because we're in this together and we're going to get through this with our Lord's help.
1: Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, we spent a lot of time talking about you and your faith and uh, the business and how all that comes to, together to glorify Jesus. And I'm glad we spent all that time. Uh, we didn't get into a lot of the details of uh, how to produce a good valuation uh, that the government is going to be happy with. Um, but maybe we can have you come back.
0: Oh, I'd welcome that opportunity. And we can, and specifically as we as we shift administrations, probably here next month, we can talk a little bit more specifically about what that might
1: look like. Right. There could be a lot of changes coming up. Uh, You've been listening to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquart. Uh, You can find us on uh, 930amtheanswer.com or www.talklawradio.com. Stay tuned for next week. Thanks.